subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Dude, thank you for your patience. Totally no, apologize. All. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. And how cute is that? And how much do kids blow your mind and surpass everything that you thought it would be, right? Do you have kids? Yeah, two. Twelve oh my God. Twelve and ten? Yeah. Okay, both, good both, for you. Both boys. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. God, I got questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's Emma. She's nine. Um, sure. I've known her since she's four and a half. Um, so I've been in her life since she's four and a half. So, uh, sure. she's mine. Uh, but I've never started from the ground up. So we've got a one-year-old on the couch right now. So that's my first, you know, go around from, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and they always say like, you know, oh, it goes by so fast in the blink of an eye and blah, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a kid. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, man. Yeah. Insane. yeah. That's it insane. does. In, in one sense it does. Cause you miss, you know, like, you know, those moments when he would just sit there and whatever, coo and whatever. Now he's walking, which is yeah. still adorable, but uh, yeah. Oh my God. When you're in the middle of it, forget it. And, and you're coming to the destruction phase pretty quick. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it started. Oh, yeah. It has started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. John, thank you, man, for, for taking some time here and joining us. Uh, um, when you win, where will you put the Juno Award for the best uh, comedy album of the year? When I win. Okay. So if I win, um, what would I do with that trophy? I might even, I might give it to my sister because it's her, um, it's her uh, album company, uh, Howl and Roar. And um, she put a lot of hard work into it. And she wanted to be nominated for a Juno. Like it's so subjective, of course, especially comedy. So sure. yeah. what is really winning the Juno? I mean, it doesn't mean it, it's anything. Not a, than, yeah. Yeah. Like that you're popular, but it's not only, it's not only comedy, but like even music and stuff like creativity. Totally. It's yeah. weird to put that on creativity. Yeah. For the longest time I was opposed to the Juno awards. Like I actually didn't care. And part of me, like, like I, I always thought that comedy should be the outsider. Like it shouldn't be nominated for an Academy Award. You know that should be left for those who take their film very seriously and let uh, comedy be the social commentary. Um, however, I changed my mind about that because, especially in Canada, because it is nice to have a reason to kind of celebrate and hang out with your friends and make comedy uh, something. Uh, yeah, knowing that you know, it's subjective. It's a good reason to go and have fun and celebrate with fellow comedians. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it brings people out to the clubs and, uh, yeah. Uh, so I've done a 180 there. So as far as the Juno goes, yeah, if I do win, I'll probably give it to my sister, let her put it on, uh, her mantle. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't really care about the award itself. Just be fun to hang out. Yeah. Cool to be recognized too. And what is it, do you think John about like Canadians and just, I guess the mindset, like there's so many, famous canadian comedians going back to you know john candy and you know dan Aykroyd and, and getting into jim carrey and phil hartman and, and rick moranis and mike myers and what is it about canadian like what is it about our our humor do you think i don't know i don't know i have no idea because there's yeah i don't know I, like i've tried to answer that question before i just don't think i've thought deeply enough about it um but also there's so many funny people everywhere. I mean, I think we're so close to America. So there's funny people in Sweden and Norway and other places, but you know, English, they do speak English, but it's not necessarily their first language and they're not as close to the United States. I just feel like the star system in the United States is so close to Canada. We get their programming. We know what they, what they're looking for. So 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think proximity to the United States and the star system there means that Canadians can, you know, do their yeah. thing. Australians come over and make it big. Um, the Brits come over and make it big. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's got anything to do with Canada or not or an inferiority complex. I haven't thought deeply enough about it because there's also Americans who are absolutely hilarious. So, right. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I don't know if there's something in the water or what, but um, yeah, definitely some funny uh, Canadians, but there's funny people everywhere. Yeah, true, true. And and not to be too boastful because it's not Canadian, but uh, you know, over the time when you'd, you'd like stack up like SNL against SCTV, mm. I prefer SCTV, even though both are funny. Yeah. Well, SCTV is an interesting one too, because it's very Canadian in that, even the production value, like there's unbelievable production value in some of the things they did, but you could also tell they had to stretch a dollar. Right. So, you know, um, what they could do with very little money um, was very impressive, you know, even like the Bob and Doug, you know, um, what was Canadian corner and then the great white North segments. Like that was just super cheap. Fill two minutes for, uh, for broadcasting. <clears throat> so, That's just great writing. Yeah, I guess. Is it? Is was it improvised? By, or, or was it improv, do you think? Or maybe a little bit of both? Like I feel like it was a little bit of both, but for the most part, I think it was improvised. I think it was. I had the, the I had the very fortunate opportunity to meet and have lunch with Dave Thomas when I was living in Los Angeles, a, f- a mutual friend of ours. We went out to the Van Nuys airport. We'd watch uh, planes take off and we ate shitty uh, roast beef sandwiches and Caesar salad. And then uh, that was my first meeting with Dave. Then I coincidentally met him. Um, we were on the same flight back from Toronto to LA once. And I sat next to him and, and I just asked him flat out, can I just pick your brain about Bob and Doug? And he's like, ask me anything you want. And so we talked for five hours Crazy. about, yeah, about uh, Bob and Doug and back in the day and Strange Brew, the movie. And I'm pretty sure he said they were all improvised. Yeah. Even the movie? No, not the movie. Movie was so yeah. well scripted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like holy no, shit, no. they're improving that. Like what? No, no, no. That's that, and that's like top five film of all time for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Good. Glad you agree. How, how much of your life is comedy? And like, I don't know if it's necessarily writing things down or constantly. Hey, I thought you were going to say how much of my life is improvised. No, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, well, there's a, a certain amount of surveillance to do what you do, right? And and how hard is that to turn off? Yeah. Well, I used to, I mean, I turn it off much more now than I, than I ever have. Like when I was just me selfishly wanting to pursue a comedy career, sure. Yeah, I was probably annoying, still am, but not as much so annoying to everyone I ran into because yeah, I was nothing but trying to find the funny. I still try to do that, but uh, not as frequently. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm always on the lookout. Absolutely. Like if I can think of something or something comes up in conversation, I'll text it to myself or write it in, uh, in my phone or do a quick voice memo. So I'm always looking for something, um, but not as much as I used to, you know, it's crazy yeah. when the day to day takes over. Throw kids into the mix and, you know, you got to take them somewhere to a uh, hockey game practice or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. once you start getting life into the, <laughs> into the equation, boy, it sure changes. Yeah. And it's, and, and you have to remember to write it down. Like if you, if you think you're going to remember it, you're, yeah. you never will. And then yeah. you live with the regret of what was that idea I had. 
So, um, yeah, even more so now it's important to write this stuff down for many reasons. But um, <laughs> yeah, there was a time in my life where I think I met with a, a friend who was a stand-up comedian and we'd meet at a cafe and we'd write almost every single day, throwing ideas back and forth. And every night I'd go up and perform. This is when I was living in Toronto mm-hmm. in an apartment, nothing but comedy on my mind. And that was a very important period of development for me, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. You know? No, 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 no. no. Kiss that goodbye. So like going back to before, you know, you were a comic just as a kid, who were some of the comedians that were making you laugh? Oh my God. Letterman was huge. I, my dad used to record Letterman and show it to me, you know, when I was a kid. And then in high school, I just used to stay up and watch it and then sleep in for school or not even bother going. Letterman was huge. He's the biggest influence for sure. Um, but yeah, Bill Cosby's uh, stand-up album when I was young. Not album, sorry, uh, special. Bill Cosby himself. That was hugely influential. Um, but that was before I really knew like you could be a stand-up comedian. I just thought you were or you weren't. Like you were born that way, you know? Yeah. Um, Do you think, so, by the way, pause you for a sec. Do you think that what, everything that went down with, with Bill, is he, is he tarnished? Is his legacy oh, yeah. complete? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I would think so. I would still, so. Like, but that's the thing. Like everybody still cites him as one of the best. I mean, I can't. Well, like, in, I'm, not, I'm not saying whether he's he's. I'm not saying he's the best or not. I'm just saying, you know, I can't take away the fact that when I was, you know, nine years old, um, we rented, you know, the Bill Cosby himself stand up comedy. You know, so it's not like that. Yeah, I can't go back and erase that moment. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I, he's. I'm, I'm assuming he, rightfully so, his reputation should be tarnished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, he's going on tour again. Uh, well, yeah, right. Like, what? There's right. people that want to see that shit. I mean, it's interesting, man. I don't know. Yeah, the forgiveness level or the not really understand. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bizarre one. It's. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is a very strange uh, situation. Um, but anyway, not to uh, detour too much from your. Yeah, sorry, I, side, I sidetracked Jim J there for a sec, but no, no problem. But but it was like like Jim Carrey when I was younger, like he was yeah, just someone who made me laugh intensely. But Mr. Show when I got older, that was the most influential for sure. Oh like, yeah, uh, the sketch comedy show. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I never like I was never in awe of comedy in the way I was when I first saw Mr. Show. Mm. Yeah, and I was a latecomer up getting that up in Canada on the Comedy Network. But when I what when was I it? Do you think that, that that like grabbed you like that? They they were just so silly and smart, and like they were political in ways, but they disguised it, um, and they never forgot to be silly. Um, you know, there was rule. They they made me realize you can break rules in comedy. Like you know, <laughs> comedy comes in threes was always you know, what you'd hear. But with Mr. Show, I felt like it was comedy comes in 11s. Like you could always push <laughs> yeah, the joke again and again and again, like the uh, Mount Everest uh, Thimble Collection episode. If you haven't seen that, you got to watch it. Um, but yeah, they were just so thoughtful and funny and I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the joke coming, you know? Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was that was the most influential. Like it wasn't even a stand-up comedian. It was that show for sure made me think, oh, you can do whatever you want. You can bring props on stage. You can wear a wig. You can, you know, you can take comedy and flip it on its head. You can be satirical. You can be angry. Yeah, silly for sure. Yeah. That All was- the above, yeah. Yeah, and same for like uh, Kids in the Hall is very like that, that too. Yeah, Kids in the Hall for sure. Yeah, that yeah. was, that led me to uh, Mr. Show for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and guys like uh, you know um, Eddie Murphy in Delirious. Remember, like that could not fly today, right? Like you couldn't. Could you do a set Arkham. like that today? 
Could I? Not you personally, but like you, the general sense of the. Well, no, you can do certain topics that he talks about for sure. Yeah. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Yeah, Yeah. You definitely could not. I mean, you could, but you'd be, have to be accountable for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can say whatever you want, but the, yeah, exactly. Uh, are, Are you, are you surprised that cancel culture is a thing? Well, um, some people would argue there's no such thing. Um, yeah, it's weird, right? Because it's all how you talk about it. Um, South Park's a great example, I think, of how to deal with, you know, topics that seem to be, you know, uh, off the table. Um, well, I wonder if they can get away with it because it's animation. <laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, well, yeah, maybe more so. Yeah, possibly. But um, I think, you know, it's how you talk about something, not what you talk about. So, um, yeah. But I mean, I think if you're deliberately, blatantly, you know, bigoted, then, yeah, it's one thing to have strong opinions about something and handle a topic delicately. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Something about being more accountable and there's something there's a weird out of context problem with social media too. Like if you don't hear the whole context and you just hear words and I, I personally think, uh, I don't know how much I truly believe that words matter. I think they do obviously matter, but I think context and intent is really important. I think that's getting lost. People are just hearing things and saying, sure. you can't say that you can't talk about it. And, uh, you know, um, but it's good to question your identity and say, can I talk about this or should I be able to talk about this? And then if you're concerned or worried about it, then I think you reevaluate how you're going to talk about it. I don't think you have to stay away from it, but uh, be aware of how you're talking about it. I don't know. Also, so who the hell am I? I'm just some doofus from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I know does nothing. Does it make you kind of double take the things that you're going to joke about? Um, Sometimes, but um, yeah, but again, it's how you talk about it, right? Like, I think it's fun to kind of push buttons and uh, yeah, yeah, make people think a little bit. How long do you think it's been like the world's been too PC? Because I never said that. No, me personally. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I I think that the majority of my friends think that. Okay. Do you agree Mm -hmm. with that? That the world's too PC? I don't know what that means. Like, um, what uh, are we speaking the same language? Like, what do you mean by too PC? Like, what can you? What are you, what, what do you feel like you can't say today as a result of political correctness that you could say before? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would have to think about that, but I guess just in the general sense of the word, like every it's just too touchy feely, and the 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 majority are bowing to the two percent, five percent minority. You know what I mean? Like that. I don't know. I don't know. I have I have no problem. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It depends what you're concerned about. Yeah. Right. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is like, say, take a movie like uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tropical Thunder. We can probably... Tropic Thunder. Uh, Tropic Thunder, rather. Tropical Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we can both agree that that's a movie that would be like really hard pressed to make today, even though it was only made in 2008. Question is... I think you can still make that movie today. But again, it's how you treat it, right? Like the exact same style. Like... uh, I, I watched the, the Robert Downey Jr. He was uh, on the Joe Rogan show. Right. And he was talking about that and the, and how he they both thought that it might not be able to make, be made today just because of how PC it, the world is. I, well, I don't so know. I mean, so that's an example, I guess. 
It depends how you look at it, right? Like, so uh, again, so here's uh, in the world we live in today, yeah. I'd imagine two white guys like us having this conversation now. Maybe that's a problem for some people, right? Right. I disagree. I think anyone should be able to have a conversation about anything. Uh, but again, how are we going to talk about it? So when I think of Tropic Thunder, I think of, you know, how they're illuminating, you know, they, I mean, I'd arguably, arguably the Ben Stiller storyline is more problematic than the Robert Downey Jr. Junior, uh, storyline. Right. Because you're, what you're showing is here, rather than hiring, you know, a person of color, a black person to portray the role that Robert Downey Jr. did, Hollywood, you know, elevates and put these people on pedestals and says, you can be this person. Like, you're the star power. We're going to actually go, you're going to go through this process to turn your skin black to play a person of color. I mean, I think that's uh, more a commentary and story about Hollywood than it is about doing a silly joke but again i don't know am i making excuses for it i don't know yeah. but i think you could, i think you could make that movie again today really okay okay but i think ben stiller's storyline would be more problematic than the uh, robert downey jr one well i think even at that time it may have been as well like that was one of the things that robert had said is like you know that kind of deflected and took away from what was happening with my role right right yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Like, which is yeah. very true so how much has changed do you think in like uh since you like you've been pretty much a couple of decades banging away now right yeah yeah how much has well, changed do you think in the way that you formulate your game plan was it always kind of the same sort of oh you God, always had the so same much. comic mind oh no god no everything's changed yeah i mean when you first start i mean i didn't know what a joke was or how to write it really i just thought getting on stage and make people laugh was everything but then you realize oh my god i'm i'm derivative i'm boring i'm telling the same jokes other comics are telling in this you know just in a slightly different way and then you slowly find what they call your voice um and then yeah i was pretty angry about stand-up comedy for a while it's like oh, i hate when people do this so i'm going to do a joke about comedians who do do this and then you slowly realize i mean that's pointless or it wasn't really in my heart to tell jokes that way anymore and then i've got kids now and responsibilities and so i tell stories that are a little closer to home while still trying to maintain you know um my approach to things um so yeah of course i change and then there's you know the fragmented media landscape that we live in when i started doing comedy it was still get on the radio and promote <laughs> it was get an ad in the newspaper um it, yeah and, and now it's you know how many hits can you get can you get your own name out there um through social media so yeah everything about the world of stand-up comedy and how you promote yourself has changed and then me personally yeah i've absolutely changed okay with, so um, let me ask you this then what's yeah. been the common thread through the whole way okay interesting um well i think it really is just this is going to be boring because what is a joke um it really is surprising the audience. It's still finding a way to make them think I'm going to say one thing and then say something they are not expecting, mm. um, which sounds uh, boring because what is a joke other than that? But with me in particular, I really like to make them think one thing. And, you know, I never want to lose this idea of silly. I like trivializing seri serious topics. That is extremely fun to do. I like playing the fool. Uh, which is something I still do and always have is I'm the dumb guy who doesn't get it. And I think that lets me get away with a few things. Um, yeah. Some reviewers like to point out that I am doing that 
for particular reasons when it's just something I really enjoy doing because it's funny. And, mm. and, and what would the, uh, the think tank or uh, the amount of personnel on a show like humor resources, how, how many people have you got working with that? Or is that that, 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 that TV show you mean, or the witch? You're asking about the TV show Humor Resources that we made yeah. for the CPD. Like, how many people were working on that show? Yeah. Well, we had uh, myself and Dave, Arthur, Rebecca, uh, Jane, all include as well. There were, yeah. There, so Adam, Dave are directors, but they were writers as well. And then uh, Rebecca Kohler, Jane Churchill, and Arthur Simeon and myself. So we had add up all that what seven writers basically, and we would break down scripts and share ideas and. We would um, we had a researcher who was hired to pull uh, transcripts of people's uh, acts and uh, social media presence, and so we'd build actual case files. Um, so yeah, we uh -huh. had uh, yeah a seven headed hydra um, yeah in the writers' room. Then we'd meet via Zoom in 2020, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, yeah, have writing meetings and um, share ideas back and forth, and then develop uh, a version of a script. Yeah, because it feels like, you know, when you're just watching, it feels like it's something that's super, super fun to put together. Yeah, it was fun to put together. It was hard and challenging, though. Like, it was, you know, it was in the middle of a pandemic. We had full, fully isolated. So, you know, we had crews in, like, a very small camera operator crew in Los Angeles, New York, and St. Louis for Nikki Glaser, and then Toronto and Vancouver. And that's where all the interviews were taking place in people's homes. So we'd have to scout the location the day before, make sure their wireless signal was fine. If not, get a booster. Uh, and all social distancing and camera operators had to be tested before they're going in. And then we shot, I live in Juneau, Alaska, and that's where we shot my side of everything and those storylines. And we had a crew of three people. It was myself and three other people. So like mm. super challenging to make, uh, but incredibly fun. Yeah. When you I guess, I guess maybe that's what I was thinking. Like was I was wondering, I mean, it's cool to hear like the actual grandiose picture, but I was kind of like on your end. So you had three people that were creating the stuff for, on your side. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Like it was wild. Amazing. Like, I was out shopping and in location scouting and then, yeah, just simplifying and stripping down everything. You know, my daughter was in the show out of necessity and also because she's brilliant and funny and I'd shot stuff with her before. My yeah. girlfriend was in the show out of necessity because we yeah. live together. We're in the same bubble. Um, she was great. Um, we had one of the characters was a... Uh, was the guy who I became friends with who works at a drive-thru. So he was just a, a, on a speaker and uh, yeah, he was actor from Toronto and his voice was coming in through a laptop in my, in my, in the car. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. It was crazy. We had one guy rigging cameras to cars. Uh, his name's Gabe, wonderful human being. And he was, uh, yeah, you know, lighting and uh, shooting. Yeah. It, it was bonkers. It was crazy. If people, I wish people knew what went into the show, although it sounds like an excuse, like you'd love the show more if you knew what went into it, but I really do wish we had some sort of documentary. Yeah. Right. I mean, after you do those kind of things, you're like, oh, I wish there was a film of the camera crew following us around just the last couple, two, three months. Like it was crazy. And even like the directors, like they, like they're in different time zones and they're directing, but they've got family and responsibilities and they're living in their bubbles and they're instructing me in an earpiece, you know, or sometimes just a phone in my pocket. They're talking to me through on one zoom call. And then there's another zoom call set up for the, oh, I mean, it was bonkers, but wow. it funded me. Yeah. What, what do you think makes a great writer? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. I don't know. You'd have to ask a great writer. 
you don't have any favorites a great writer yeah i don't know i don't write that much i mean oh. i mean i write uh, i get excited about things that i that i'm going to be in because i'm going to be saying them um so let me think <laughs> what would make a great writer i don't know i'm not the right person to answer that question right yeah what have you been binge watching lately what have i i just watched the watcher a little okay. late to that one. Uh, right. It was good, but then dis I thought it was a very disappointing ending. Um, what else have I been binge watching? Uh, <laughs> my uh, nine-year-old Emma. She the only show that we watch together yeah. where we can actually uh, sit there quietly and turn to each other and go, "Did you see that? That was great." Is The Mandalorian? Um, but season one, season three, episode one was terrible. I haven't seen it yet. Oh but, my uh, god watch it i'm curious to know what you think it's yeah. uh yeah we're, yeah we're we're just on the pause right now because we're like okay we're ripping through some of the flash we just finished wednesday which was great um but yeah we wednesday. want to get oh yeah 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 yeah. wednesday that's right i haven't yeah. watched it but uh yeah emma loves it yeah 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 uh but yeah we want to give it like a, a good good two three four episodes before we dive back into the mandalorian just to give it some you know, yeah. ability right yeah no i agree yeah yeah uh, what what is the stuff that kind of pulls you into a, a rabbit hole? Like, oh my god! Give me you know, any like aliens, uh, conspiracy no, theories? Oh, no, never! No, 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 no. Anything I've shed fails. all. What's that? Fails. Which one? Those fails where people are like you know wiping oh, out. Fails. I think said veils. Uh, fails. Yeah, it fails to a degree, but that's like you watch one or two, and I've had my. Yeah. My fail. Um, I don't like seeing bones break or ankles twist, so it depends, you know, yeah. on the on the fail. Uh, no, what pulls me in would be, I mean, anything Ken Burns related. Like, give me old documentaries about war, great. Um, but uh, yeah, what rabbit hole would I go down? It's basically, you know what, you know what, I am so. This is pathetic. I will rewatch and watch like 10 minute highlight packs of old Chicago Bulls basketball games. And I will go over and over again. I mean, like, you know, Michael regular season, Michael Jordan, my search engine is insane. Like it'll be Michael Jordan, regular season, Miami heat, uh, uh, Chicago Bulls, 1992. Yeah. Like that'll be a search I put in. And then I will watch those over and over again. I don't know what it's satisfying in a way. Like it's like a, like a song or something that I really like a story that I go back to yeah. the Comfort way he sports. It's comfort sports. Yeah. Do you ever do that with sports? Are you, oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. D okay. Did you watch the, uh, I can't remember what it was called on Netflix where it was, oh, of uh, course. The yeah, watch it. how, like, how good was that? The last dance. Yeah. It was, uh, I've watched that probably three or four times. Another go-to. Yeah. It's just insane. Oh, it's great. Like, I, I like to watch it for a couple of reasons, obviously just as, as a fan of the sport, but also because of the fan, a fan of broadcasting and putting yeah. together shows like that and how yeah. are they transitioning and, that's yeah. cool that they overlaid that voiceover over top of that B-roll and that, that sort yeah. of stuff. Like, I also like the production side of things. Oh, it's great. Absolutely. You start with Jordan, episode two, Pippin, episode three, Rodman, and then you get into right. Kukoc and Kerr. And yeah, so you get those stories, but then you get, you know, high school and then you get 1990, what, you know, how they go back and forth. And yeah, it was yeah. so great. Yeah. And That's a lot so of that. Funny. You know, it's kind of fun too. If you watch the last dance and you remember the, uh, um you know they'll show uh in uh i don't know if it's like whatever green room or uh, you know some room in the in the back of the united center where jordan would be gambling with the security guards oh yeah 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 yeah. And if you go back and watch old footage you will see those people they're so noticeable now 
right. you will see those people as he's leaving the court surround him as he walks off. I don't know. I'm yeah, such yeah. a I'm such a Michael Jordan nerd. And Michael walks away with a thousand bucks of their money and <laughs> so awesome. Such a great, yeah. such a great documentary. So what is basketball your sport or is it hockey? Like no, no, basketball. I, I love hockey, but basketball is definitely the sport. Yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, Steph Curry uh nut. So I'm all Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Do you go to many yeah. games? No, I mean I've seen I've seen LA Clip I've seen them play the Clippers twice when I was in LA, but uh I've never seen a game in uh in Oakland or now San Francisco. But uh yeah, basketball played in high school and the city team. I mean, that was the dream. I was like it was a gym rat for you know eighth, ninth, tenth grade. Like that's all I did every day, basketball. Mm, mm. Mm. And how, how about the music side of John? Like what were your what were your parents playing as a kid? Like what were you very interesting growing up around? Very interesting questions. Um, started playing piano for a couple of years when I was very young. Whatever. That was the introduction. So you learn a little bit of theory, then played saxophone in, uh, again, you know, middle school and then the first little bit of high school and then got into guitar. So now I just, uh, you know, play shitty acoustic guitar, but love it. And uh, we have a piano at our house. So I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of reteaching myself. Oh, I'm basically just tra transcribing guitar chords onto the piano and having right. fun with them. Yeah. yeah. Which which were the first bands to kind of grab a hold of you? I'm the I'm tragically hip fan all the way. Yeah. Tragically, oh, yeah. like a nut, like an absolute devouted nut. Huge Gord Downey fan. Love the hip. Yeah. yeah recently, like getting into uh, the Replacements is a band that oh, yeah. I've recently kind of gotten into, and can't believe I didn't get into them more so back in the day. Mm. Uh, how about you? Like, what do I what do I like? Yeah, yeah. Well, well back in the day, what started you down that road? Yeah, I mean, I guess back in the day would have been uh, Eagles, Bob Seger. Oh well, okay, yeah, some com some comfort rock. So yeah, definitely like uh, uh, you know, get maybe get a little bit of country stuff like uh, Waylon Jennings and uh, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. Very good, Steve Earle. Steve Earle, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jeez, oh, that, that that's the soundtrack of my a soundtrack of my youth is being in the backseat of the car and my parents playing. Uh, you know Kenny Rogers and uh, George Jones and Willie Nelson and Waylon right. Jennings and Steve Earle, yeah, on the eight track in in the car. You know, like the got a show. Never had an eight track. We were always taped. Yeah. Oh, nice. We were cassette. We were cassette. Yeah. Yeah, that's big time. Just missed it. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first concert? Oh my god, probably the hip. It would have been. Uh, a couple of great ones in high school, but yeah, I saw the hit many times in high school, but uh, that'd be the first like big concert I went to would have been, yeah, Tragically Hip at the uh, Civic Center in Ottawa. I also saw, who did I see at the Civic Center uh, the next year? I think I saw Lenny Kravitz open for The Cult. That was a good one. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Really good show, yeah. I mean, and the Tragically Hip though, like, just so good. Always so good. Oh, they, yeah, they, they care so much every time. It's a huge show. Yeah. Go, go see roadside attraction tours in Ottawa yeah. out at the speedway, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, the hip were always, uh, yeah, always my favorite. Got to see three of their last shows. I went to Victoria, really? Toronto, and then the final one in Kingston. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Those were emotional shows. Like they were all very different shows too that uh you know victoria show little you know not quite steady on his feet but in a way so like that was the first show that kicked it off but in a way still so amazing because it was 
you know, everyone kind of sang with him and cheered. Like, oh, God, it was really special. Then Toronto, it was like, oh, my God, he's back. Like, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be around for another 50 years, you know. Um, and then that final Kingston show was just like this crazy, yeah, celebrate. Yeah, it was, it was so glad I went to those shows. I don't know if you if you saw this thing floating around on Facebook or Instagram or something a couple of weeks back, but it was like, you know, first show that you saw, you know, show you're happy you saw, wish you'd seen this show kind of thing. And I'm happy that I got to see Tragically Hit. Nice. Yeah. Straight up love that band, right? Yeah. It was the best. Yeah. Little little place in Vancouver, uh, Richards on Richards. Saw them there. Yeah. Seen them at the Commodore Ballroom. Like, yeah. Fabulous band, man. Nice. Yeah. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you get into comic books as a kid? No, no, never, never got into comic books. Uh, had friends who did, so I'd go spend uh, paper route money a couple of times, but never got into it. No. Okay, yeah. John, I'm going to wrap it up in a couple of questions. Uh, I respect your time here. Thank you again for jumping on all with good. us. Oh, good. Uh, if it's boring, tell me and I'll, I'll no, no, it. no, man. No, no. I just want to respect your time. That's all. Um, so it's not necessarily a, a question, more of a story. And I'm hoping you have one. Maybe, maybe you don't. Hmm. Do you have a near death story where you're like, holy crap, I could have just died? Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple. Um, not sure what you're looking for here, but like, so I've jumped out of an airplane. Uh, okay. That's not near death because everything right. went well and I assumed it would. But you went willingly. Yeah. I went willingly out of an airplane with a chute. Um, um, not tandem though. I was, you know, jumped out on my own. That's the way they did yeah. it in from Ontario. Same did it, did it like that. Oh, you uh, did it, yeah. Yeah, it was a radio oh, right. stunt. I was doing a morning show uh, in Victoria. Right, right. And uh, I was I was teamed up with my ex fiance from years years gone by. Right. So when I got there, they were like, "Hey, is it cool if we put you together as like a battle of the exes, and we'll right. just do, we'll do a whole bunch of crazy stuff like skydiving, whitewater rafting, cave spelunking, and all this stuff, right? Right." And so you call up and go like, Hey, I want to be on Todd's team. Okay, cool. Bring a friend and they'll be on Tiff's team. Right. So we went, took this 40, 40, 50 people and all went skydiving one day and the same thing. You right. Hang on. Yeah. To the, yeah. To the strut of the, or whatever it's called on the wing of the plane. And like, you yeah. let go yourself, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And they tap all well, the way we did. They tap you on the back. Yeah. Well, you look back at them, they point forward and when you, you look out of the airplane and then they tap you on the back and then you, arch your back and your pelvis is supposed to be your center of gravity so that's supposed to be you know out and the wind hits it and you stay straight in the air and then you check your lines oh my god it was crazy yeah. we watched the videotape back and the third guy we went with this guy mike uh i exited they're like great textbook my friend rennie exits they're like great textbook my friend mike just falls out of the airplane and rolls <laughs> like you're lucky to be alive my friend um well so i once uh flew from los angeles to australia for a show and uh should i tell this story there's a couple in your death i had a seizure uh at, so that's i mean i don't know how fun either of these stories are to be honest with you um playing poker with a bunch of friends fell and had a seizure uh that was near death in that you know fractured a bone in my neck um i don't know if i have a good i mean i've been in car accidents in high school like i was in four car accidents in high school totally fine right you know but like i remember one the guy driving wet day we're driving down in the right hand lane and a car pulled out of a strip mall and we had to go into the left lane but there was a car almost right next to us so he sped up and to go into the left lane lost control we 
what's I don't know what it's called going back and forth like that. Sort of yeah, fishtailing, I guess. Fishtailing, sure, yeah. Yeah, fishtailing all over. And then we just spun and the car knocked over a fire hydrant and landed uh hit a fence and then landed right against the telephone pole and boomeranged the car right in the middle. So everyone was fine except sure. the cars. Like it was his dad's accurate too. And uh yeah, I remember that one being weird because we got out and the cops uh, interviewed us individually. And uh, I remember saying, yeah, I was sitting back seat left. And then the cop says, so you were sitting on uh, Boo Lou's lap. It's my friend Boo Lou. I go, no, what are you talking about? He goes, well, he said he was back seat left. I'm like, no, I was back seat left. Somehow both of us think we were sitting back seat left. Like that's how traumatizing and weird the experience was. We couldn't figure out where we were sitting. I have a bunch of others, but like, to be honest with you, they're a little too sad. <laughs> like there's drugs involved, <laughs> there's drugs involved and no memory. Uh, it's been retold to me by other people. So waking up in hotel rooms in another country yeah. and not knowing where uh you know 15 hours of my life went or how i got there so yeah. second hand stories i think this is what happened i'm pretty sure well i was told that was what it was happened. like memento i had to go to the front desk and say were you here when i checked in yesterday like oh yeah you slept in the restaurant for half an hour i go the restaurant like don't worry no one was in it oh, so yeah that type that type of thing so yeah. yeah 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 all right john hit us with uh or is it possible one career yeah. highlight one career highlight oh god you know i feel very lucky like i feel like i have several that's um, what i mean right like how hard is that to pick like the one yeah well, i can't pick one but i just feel yeah um i mean you know what strangely there's a lot i can't really narrow it down but like strangely i feel like uh doing the canadian idol television show yeah. was a highlight because i was living in auto at the time i was working on uh daytime i was doing rogers community cable uh daytime show i was hosting that show for three years making zero money working in restaurants to subsidize my income and i remember auditioning traveling to toronto three or four times to audition to get this role editing a demo tape together everything they teach you in tv broadcasting school and really wanting it so badly and then the second i got a phone call saying can you be in winnipeg for week one of canadian idol they want you they've selected you to be the correspondent for the show i remember instantly it let me move to toronto it let me get out of you know financial dire straits and a tax problem um, and it started a relationship with the production company, which in turn I did the Jodor television show for. So, and I also had a blast doing that television show. So strangely, that would be the one. I remember being filled with so much excitement and gratitude when I got that call. So yeah, that would be it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you've had, I mean, you have, you've had an awesome career and I mean, you've, you've got so many more years in you and you're just a funny guy. And I was super excited once when you're a PR person reached out and I was like, are you kidding me, man? A chance to talk to, to John Dora. Oh, no, this has been great. Thank you for, yeah. Your questions are thoughtful and fun and yeah, I could talk forever. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the same thing, but uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you fly, get back to your family. I'm going to do the same with mine and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you again uh, for jumping on the podcast here in Vancouver. Good luck with the Junos, man. I know I was kidding off the top, but I would yeah, love yeah. to see you win it. I, I like your work a lot. Oh, thanks, man, dude. Yeah, well, let's chat again sometime. I'll, uh, yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll drop you a line uh, after the Junos if if there's a win. And your prediction is true. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, you are easy to find online. It's uh, TV's John Door on both Twitter, Instagram, and of course, easy to find on Facebook as well.
Not on Facebook, but yes, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So perfect. You don't ha- even even have like a fans page on Facebook. I I've n- I haven't been on Facebook in I don't know ten years. So yeah, somebody somebody might have a fans page and like throwing you love. I I think I've seen something, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway. Good for them. I just say there's I got too much going on. But uh, all right, Todd. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Right on. Take care, John. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Thanks. Let me know when it airs. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Talkcast Podcast.